0: Uh, we're not flirting
1: with any disasters. It's time for Dirt World. Joe Dirt, Billy the Kid.
2: Yes, indeed. I think we can flirt around with a little bit of disaster here for Dirt World on Real Racing USA dot com on Wednesday, March twenty fifth, two thousand and nine. With my good friend Billy the Kid, I'm Joe Dirt. and Billy, we're just trying to get the kind of get our groove going here for two thousand and nine. We have, in fact, missed a couple of programs. Nonetheless, we are here tonight. We got an action packed program lined up for you here for our Wednesday night offering. Yeah, we uh. We took last week off. It seems like we're
1: on an every-other-week pace. But, uh, you know, it's kind of tough right at the moment, So You're in the heart of racing. And, uh, you know, my kid's playing baseball on Wednesdays. He's got a game on Wednesday and Saturday. And uh, I usually can't make the Saturday games, so the Wednesday games I try to make. And I get to start a little late tonight. But other than that, uh, we're here. we got a big show. we got Steve Francis on board tonight. And uh, Paul Purvis, owner of Swainsboro uh, Speedway, will be on with us a little bit later on. And then we'll talk to uh, 2008 defending... Golden Isle's champ, uh, Tyler Ivey, who was on a couple of Mondays ago with uh, Inside Florida Racing, but we're going to talk to him because the big show is
2: this weekend at Brunswick.
1: Yeah, 10,000 to win. Yeah, with the
2: United Dirt Lane Model Challenge Series, this is your second event of 2009. Going to be a good one up there, no doubt. Always a, a great, uh, nicely prepared racetrack that Frankie gives you up there, and uh, I think you're going to see uh, quite a few more cars than you saw at Ocala for the opener. Uh, right now, I was just on the phone with Bobby
1: Geyer on the way here, and uh, probably with the list that he has and the list that I have and some of the names that I know that he don't know and vice versa. We probably should be around the 50-car mark or maybe more. Um, also, too, the crate national deal in Alabama got canceled. Uh, the Faircloths were going there, and so was William Thomas. So we might can turn them towards Brunswick this weekend. But you never know how many is going to show up Brunswick. I mean, 10,000 to win, 500 to start. That's a good field. I mean, that's a, that's a good purse. So you should have a great field. It should be a great race. It's Thursday night practice. Friday night uh, qualifying heat races and Saturday night's the big show. But uh, I think you'll see
2: a good. It'll be a good race. It's a big three night weekend for you, man. That's, uh, that's big time. Not for race, me, bro. man. It's a one day deal for me. I'm yeah, gonna, I understand, but I mean you got Ocala Friday night. you gonna then hit then Ocala Friday. Friday
1: night, and then I'll be at Brunswick Saturday. Yeah, man.
2: Good deal. Good about, deal.
1: Not like last week. I went to Ocala Friday night,
2: left Ocala, drove all night to Bristol, Tennessee. But this was your intention. Oh, yeah. When you started two thousand and nine, you had a lot of things in front of you, man, and so far you've been able to gobble up everything that you've had on your plate. Mm-hmm. Bristol, kinda of little bonus there. Of course, you've never been to Thunder Valley and you had a great weekend up there. I think we can give you a few minutes to kinda of go over that event, man. No ah. doubt. Di- Even though it's dirt world. They put dirt on it before. I put dirt on it. Saturday. Yeah, she told me, man. You threw a little bit. Of I threw it.
1: some. I uh, took me some red clay out the parking lot and threw it on the corner. And the guy, the security guard, goes, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm making a racetrack out of this place." <laughs> almost got escorted out, and then the, then the jet dryer came by and blew it back on my face. So you know that old saying, "Get some dirt on your face." Yeah, absolutely, you did it, Thunder <laughs> Valley, my man. Good deal. But yeah, it was a, it was a great time, and uh, Friday night was a great time as well at Ocala Speedway. We had the inaugural Top Gun uh, Sprint Car Series, had 15 cars, which is. Not as good as we expected, but Friday's a little tough for a lot of guys. And uh, you know, talking to Auto Scrape today, a lot of guys said they just they're just not really? looking forward to running this deal. It was my
2: intention tonight to stir up a little bit of dust about this Top Gun series. You've got your views on just exactly what's happened here. This was, of course, arranged by the uh, uh, conglomeration of racetrack owners, Four Track Alliance. Four Track Alliance, and this—I'll and I'll tell you—a lot of things have changed from the original uh, vision of this Top Gun series. And I want to take a few minutes here, and, and before we get into everything else tonight, first of all, please join us, folks, on your Yahoo email at at yahoo.com Real simple to do. We want to hear about uh, what your weekend has in store, where you've been so far in 2009, or just check in with us. Let us know you're listening. at yahoo.com Anyway, Top Gun spread cars. What is the deal here? Fifteen cars. That ain't going to cut it anywhere else, Billy. Well, you know, the original show was at... Uh... Volusia Spirit Park back in
1: December for the PRI deal. Only, yep. had, only, only had 18 cars. Three, right. car, three cars didn't take their green, so you had a 15-car field as well. Right, right. Um, I don't know. I, I It's hard for me to say, but I, I think the purse has a lot to do with it. I mean, it's not my series. I'd like to see it continue to go, and I'd like to see it be great. But I, I think the have a sprint car race, I mean, we let's put it in perspective. Last season, you had a Friday night show at Ocala, a Saturday night show at Volusia. It was a two-day deal. Paid 1000 to win each show. At 36 cars Friday, 34 cars Saturday. What happened? What, why? why you? They've, yeah. they've proven to you that they can bring the 30-car mark or more,
2: so why would you step on them? That's the question. What's happened? Um, what was the original purse set up to be, or is this different for every racetrack? This is,
1: no, it's, it's the same purse. They, they, How much
2: was the original agreed-upon purse when these guys go to the races?
1: Um, I, I don't know what the purse is, the total purse, but it's
2: 700 to win. To win, and what is it now? It still it's it's been, it was, was six fifty Friday night. when Auto Scrape had the Florida Sprint Car Association. Thousand to win. Thank you very much. A thousand dollars to win. Yeah.
3: Let's take three
2: hundred bucks from them. Well, and, I think, and let them run exclusively
1: at our four racetracks. Well, I think a lot of things. I don't think it just whacked up the number. The lead, the the first. No, one. it chopped it, it all the way through yeah. the field. But the thing about it is, is this is the way I look at it in this scenario. They, they're if you're not happy with the way one thing's being ran and you want to start your own. I would. I mean, I don't think you can chop things up, but it's not my call. I mean, I, 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 every time I think about it, it kind of it gets me a little upset. But I just I don't understand. I, talking AutoScrape last week, basically what what they've done here is they've taken his rules and built themselves a sprint car series. Auto was that Ocala? Yeah, uh, yeah, that's because they took the entry fee off.
2: Question is this: These guys were they struggling for dates before the Top Gun was developed? Were they struggling to find auto dates
1: was, in racetracks? Auto was struggling for dates, but I think I think the biggest thing is that when you have the four racetracks in the state of Florida that came up with their own series. Of course, they're not going to let you. They're not going to let the Auto Scrape Series, the Florida Sprint Car Series, go there. They're not going to let them go there. Uh, you know, is that series last year, still intact? yeah, he still got it. He still got the series. I'm going to get. We're going to give him two races at Henry County. Okay. He's he still got it. As a matter of fact, he's going to. He supposed to fax us over to Con. But anyhow, I mean, you know, you sit back and think about it. You talk to one sprint car driver, he says, man, it costs me just as much to bring my car. No, I know they're limited sprints. I understand that. you got to start somewhere. But you still got to buy tires. you still got to run fuel. You see what I'm saying? Of you, course. St- you still got to haul it there. Most of them based out of Jacksonville. It ain't like they're they based. They are them. mostly out of Jacksonville. Or where's Park here? You do get some guys from Tampa, okay? so But let's face it, if you get 10 guys out of Tampa, 10 guys out of Jacksonville, you got 20 cars. Um,
2: you talk about this four-track alliance. This, these tracks, of course, are Volusia Speedway Park. They're Ocala Speedway. It's East Bay Raceway Park and North Florida Speedway. East Bay, do they still have a weekly sprint car, uh, they sprint have car a, series? They have a weekly sprint car series, but
1: I don't think it runs. I think it's however they, they rotate them or whenever they rotate them in and out. But, you know, I don't know.
2: I don't. I, well, my question would be, uh, I mean, I could easily go to the uh, East Bay Raceway Park website and find out how many cars have raced there so far in 2009, their regular sprint car series. Right. I'm just curious. They're the only track that do it on a regular basis. Right. These other three tracks, Volusia, North Florida, and Ocala, it is invitation, and, and it's a special pro, uh, show when but, they come in. But, Joe, you know, like I know, with all the Florida Sprint Car Series races that we
1: had at Volusia's Way Park over the last two years, we've never had less than 24 cars show up. exactly right. Not until the last two. The last one in December, we had 18 cars, and now this one, the first the first one in the Top Gun Series, at Ocala, we had 15 cars. I think you, I think that's what you see. There's Otto told me today that there's still guys, with his series that just refused to run that series. And, and and to be honest with you, I don't blame them. Why? Because of the, the payouts? Because of the payouts and the way they did it. You know what I'm saying? I think in this situation, if you're not happy with the series, maybe they should have sat down with the auto themselves and, and said, hey, let's work on this and let's do it together. This is how we'll do it when you come to a race. And I think that's things that could have been ironed out. But now the, the four-track alliance has themselves a sprint car series, and probably I don't – they took the entry fee off, and, and now who knows what they're going to use for a points fund and – and this and adam this is a this is basically oh, wait. back this, up this is basically an eight race
0: deal for... they,
2: they started at ocala uh, your racetrack on Friday night by taking the entry fee out yeah. this is good but it's bad it's good and bad it's good the racer hey I don't have to I don't have to pay to race but there again there's not going to be anything on the other side for me to win well the worst part is right? they took the entry fee off and they whacked up the purse again so they they, they saved the driver's
1: money but took more money from him. Yes. They wack- because they didn't, they didn't Ridley, receive any. Originally supposed to pay seven hundred to win. Friday paid six fifty. I don't get it. Well, I don't get it. it. Either way, it doesn't. Either
2: way, it doesn't affect me or you one way or the other. No, but it's something that I think begs uh, uh, some attention, and well, we wanted to talk about it.
4: Understand that. How instrumental
2: is the track owner at any of these four uh, mentioned racetracks of this series? Who was responsible for cutting the purse? Track owner, or was it the series? Racer? I would assume it was the series. Okay. I'm curious. I would assume
1: to say that they're all There's gonna, no history. They got a good they got a good series director Don Reims has won the best around. He's a great guy. We are talking to him again Friday. He's a great guy. And and I think that's I think that's one of the best things they have going for him is, is Don Reims. Um, you know, but I just I, I don't understand, you know, where the the racetracks, you know, can can do what they fit. But hey, they're the racetracks. That's why. Sooner or later there might not be a late model series at, at any racetrack. I mean, we don't go to East Bay. We don't, we don't go do the hey, United, Why is that? United you originally, you United, went there last year. We went there twice. United Dirtley Mall Challenge Shoes does not go to East Bay, neither does Ray Miller. Why? Don't know. Well, what happened there? So they wanted to have their own shows or something.
2: I don't understand this. Right. I truly do not understand this. Are you going to North Florida? Yeah, we go to North Florida. You do?
1: Yeah. I know
2: you're coming to Volusia. Yeah. Scott Thompson we go to, Memorial. We go to Volusia
1: two or three times. Right. We go to Ocala three times, I believe. Yeah, yeah. You open and close at Ocala, and then one makes no, we. the middle. Well, we have the, the Palomaral, yeah. and we have the, the two-day Battle of battle of State Road 40, whatever we're calling yeah, yeah, yeah. it, the, uh, between Friday, Ocala, and Saturday, Volusia. Right, and, and, day and day. I think that's a wonderful concept yeah. right there. Yeah, it's a great, but, you know, who's to say that sooner or later these racetracks don't get together, but, you know, let me be honest for a second now, you don't ring my bell here. And that's what I wanted to do. You bring a series to, to town... Okay, regardless, regardless if you're happy with the 15 or 20 late malls you're getting a week, okay, you bring a series to town, you bring an extra 20. Okay, let's just fall back and say you bring 15, 15. 21. You get 30 cars. 30 cars. Those 30 guys, those, thir- those other 15 cars that you get, they bring people with them. Sure. And then let's face it, you, ha- you announced that the United Dirt Late Mall Challenge Series has come to town or any late mall series has come to the town. More people may go watch it. They may not go watch a regular program, but they may say, "Okay, let me go." So now you've put more people in the grandstand. Of course. Where, is this, where does this hurt your racetrack? It, it,
2: it can't. Where does this hurt your facility? It's impossible. It's impossible. But at the same time, what if, what if you don't have a, uh, an expanded grandstand? What if things aren't as good as you'd like them to be when the UDLMCS shows up? Okay. Well, then, then you have an issue. And yeah. I'm looking at the other side of this, Billy. Maybe uh, maybe there's a threat of weather. Right. Everybody's scared away. You've right. seen this happen before. Yeah. Hey, we got 30 late models out here and nobody here to watch them. Yeah. Now, now you got a situation. Now that promoter's thinking, wow, I'm losing money. Yeah. I can't pay the purse. Or does the purse get paid in the back totally?
1: You, I mean, it's hard to say. Or is it different track it's, to track? It's it's, I think it's different track to track. It depends on, you know, the, but to be honest, I mean, the drivers pay an entry fee for this late model. Series. They pay an entry fee and the racetrack gets half of that. So I mean, it ain't like they're it ain't like they're not getting something back oh, for right, their money. Right, right, you know right. what I mean? So you know, it, it's hard to say. I mean, it, it's 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 hard to compensate. And, you know, compare it to other things that are going on. But you know, I think uh, don't get me wrong. I think that the fan goes to see something. You have local fans, or you have the same fans that go every week, regardless. But then you have fans that you may see this week, and you may not see them until you have another big show. You understand where I'm coming from? Oh, there's a lot
2: of people like yeah. that.
1: Yeah. We've seen it We've seen it throughout the years. We've we watched it. Of course. We, we, where you see guys, or you see people once when you have something big, and that's it. But, you know, it it's hard to say. I mean, the racetracks, I don't know what they're thinking, and, and it really don't matter to me, because I'm, I'm not running one of them, and I don't own one of them. So it, it's not my money, you know, for me to sit back and talk about it, but... I know that pretty soon, if you keep running the racers off, they'll find someplace
2: else to race. Well, of course they will. And somebody else will be happy to take them. Of course they will. That's something we see happen all the time. Folks, this is your opportunity, certainly if you are a Sprint Car fan of the Top Gun Sprint Car Series or, of course, the Florida Sprint Car Association, or maybe you own a Sprint Car and you're listening to Dirt World tonight, I want you to chime in with us on the email at dirtworldshow at yahoo.com. Once again, that's dirtworldshow at yahoo.com. So I kind of shift gears a little bit. Uh, We're about to talk to uh, uh, the winningest driver in World of Outlaws late model history, winning his heat race uh, and, of course, wins. Steve Francis here in just a few moments on the other side of the break. But um, those drivers are preparing for the Colossal 100 at Charlotte Speedway, at Lowe's Motor Speedway, or the the short track at Lowe's, Lowe's. The dirt track at Lowe's. And uh, that's not looking real good, man. Uh, the weather forecast, 100% rain the next three days, and it's raining there now.
1: Yeah, that's what I was told. And uh, also, too, that's what I was saying earlier, the Crate the National Race at Alabama got rained out. And uh, if you're worried about weather for Brunswick, I actually looked up the weather on, for Brunswick just, uh, today and yesterday, and it says no rain at all on Saturday. So it's to be like 85 degrees. Right? 90 down here. Yeah, so that would be a good show. I mean, that that'll, that'll get you where you need to be. Most definitely. But i tell you what, man, what you should do is take the week. Be like, a, you know, how you go to Charlotte for the All-Star week? Yeah, Thursday, yeah. Go to Brunswick Saturday, stay in Georgia and hit Swainsboro the following week for the Lucas no Soul race. No doubt. No doubt. That's a big one. That's going to be a big race. Yes, it is. And we'll talk to Paul Purvis in a little bit and he'll talk about it, but at Lucas
2: Soul, I think I want to make that trip. Yeah, you were talking about that off the air, man. I cool. Think, I think I want to make that trip. Ah, it day. won't surprise me. You're, you're an animal. I go. You really are, man. <laughs> you're unbelievable. Tell you, what, like, <clears throat> tell you what, like we said, we wanted to talk to Steve Francis and, uh, We are going to step back, get an opportunity to get him on the line for you right here on Dirt World. Don't forget, folks, Dirt World Show at Yahoo.com, the Kentucky Colonel on the other side. To get
1: back
5: to the action on that deal Hey, how we got
1: here before we come back uh, all right we are live back here at uh, dirt world with joe dirt and billy the kid
2: welcome back to dirt world on real racing usa.com our march 25th uh, dirt motorsports talk show as promised steve francis the kentucky colonel Now, he's actually mobile. He left uh, West Virginia. He was up at Shinston there. He was up at Mark Richards' place. Had to fix that rocket, man, after a little damage out there in Texas. Nonetheless, he's getting off the other line right now, and he's going to be back with us here in just a second. They are mobile, and they've got a window we just talked about. Uh, We're on here right now. All right, there he is, Steve Francis, of course, uh, uh, coming to us here tonight on Dirt World. Uh, Steve, I'll tell you what, man, you guys are – you're an animal. I mean, uh, what you're able to accomplish so far in the world of outlaws and understanding the threat of rain almost 100% all weekend, you guys are motoring to Charlotte nonetheless. Well, we're going to head down there, and, um,
5: you know, they, they're telling us they're going to go all the way through Sunday, and uh, Sunday's forecast actually looks pretty good right now, like, uh, you know, almost a 0% chance of rain in 70 degrees and sunny, so uh, – you know, they say they're going to do it Sunday. Uh, Saturday, a, the chance of rain drops all day from, like, 70 at 8 o'clock in the morning until you get to 5 o'clock in the evening. It's down to, like, 30. So uh, their plan is to try to get it in. You know, either make it all day Saturday or, you know, if they have to, we'll go to Sunday. Uh, just cool. whatever they can do. So the main thing is just to get it in. Uh, had a pretty tough week this week. Leaving, you know, we went to deep south down in Alabama. We were able to win with that car. Then we took it to Texas and crashed it. Left there, drove straight to Rocket and got it
2: all fixed and actually loaded it back in the trailer last night, and now we're headed back down to Charlotte today. Wow. I'll well, tell you what, Steve, you find yourself here early in 2009, locked into third in the points, uh, uh, looking to chase that championship, as always. You're a contender. I want to back up uh, a couple of months, and let's uh, back up to the beginning of February. Uh, your Florida winter could not have been better, man. A lot of success at East Bay. You roll across to the east side, you finally pick up that uh, – uh, World of Outlaws victory, of course, at Volusia Speedway Park, where, uh, uh, that old girl's always good for at least one win for you. But Florida was good for you guys this year. Yeah, you know, we, uh, we,
5: we learned a lot. We bought a brand new car to Volusia that was a little bit different than what we had been racing all year, uh, you know, in the past year what we had raced at Brunswick and East Bay. And, uh, that car just really fit me. It was very, very comfortable to drive and, you know, just really rolled around the racetrack knots nice every night, uh. You know, we got caught kind, of, kind of odd man out in some of the some of the draws and some of the redraws and all that kind of stuff that they had going on down there. But we had a good car all week, and that
2: car's been good every place we've raced it. So we're we're real happy with that, and looking forward to hopefully getting Charlotte in this weekend. Well, I, I know you didn't real quick. I know you didn't care for that uh, that group qualifying. I saw your face in the drivers' meeting when Sam Triggers talked about that. You just kind of. Uh, This blank look came over your face. You kind of just shook your head. But you were able to overcome that little bit of uncomfortable uh, qualifying effort anyway. Well, you know, that one line I roll up
5: there and line up in my my group, and, you know, I haven't really paid that much attention. And here's me, Billy Moyer, Earl Pearson, Justin Ratliff, um, Jimmy Owens. And I'm missing one more car that was really good, Darrell Antion. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, you know, if you qualify that way and it comes out that way, so be it. But, you know, it's hard to stack some of them heats the way, you know, I hate going to the racetrack and letting dumb luck play a lot of of what's going to happen there. But I understand on the other side of the coin why they do that that way, too. You know, the racetrack changes speed a lot or something, and, you know, sometimes it's good to have that. You know, after
1: the win in Florida, you said you went to uh, you went to Deep South. I saw you won there on Friday night. It got rained out on Saturday, and then you went to, went to Texas last week and didn't fare so good. And now you've been to Rocket all week fixing the car. I, I mean, I, I know when you when you go to Rocket and get it fixed, it's almost like it's
5: the same as it was when you took it there. Is that true or not? I uh, usually believe it or not, the cars are usually better after they've had a front clip or a rear clip put on them. It seems like it just kind of. And that's true with any chassis builder. It just seems like it kind of stress relieves everything or something. Um, uh, You know, the car I won the World 100 with in the Dirt Track World Championship back there in '99, it had a front end of the rear clip put on it and was probably one of the best cars I ever owned. Right. So it it really doesn't, it changes some, but it may get better. So if that's the case, they could be
1: in trouble this weekend in Charlotte. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We're hoping
5: they're in trouble. I mean, you know, Charlotte, you know, I guess they were back into that redraw thing and group qualifying thing and all that, so... There's a whole lot of luck that goes along with Charlotte, too, but, you know, we're just going to go there, and uh, I'm actually relaxed and enjoying myself this year and having as much fun as I ever had and just going to each race to try to win it. Where will, where will your schedule take you after Charlotte? After Charlotte, we're going to go to uh, that Illini 100 out there, Farmer City, Illinois, for the World Outlaws. Then we've got an off weekend and we're going to go to Orange, Kentucky there about two and a half hours from the house. Uh, just, you know, we kind of like going there when we get a chance, uh, just a chance to close to home and stuff a little bit. Uh, then we go to, uh, Saluda, Virginia and Fayetteville, North Carolina the weekend after that. So you're on the
1: road. You're you're going and
5: going.
2: (laughs) Uh, they keep us on the road quite a bit. (laughs) Steve, Steve, let's take a minute and talk about the relationship that you guys have developed back in 2008 with Dale Beitler. This has been a good career move for you. I mean, you're a guy, let's face it. You've been racing since 1983. Uh, with, of course, uh, your your brother and your dad getting you going there. Things were just wonderful. And and now you, you hook up with Dale Beitler, uh, a guy, of course, uh, out of Hagerstown, Maryland. This has perhaps been one of the best relationships you've developed in your, your long career, man. It is. I mean, the, the guys that he
5: puts behind me and things like that, the equipment, um, just takes a whole lot of pressure off of me. And, you know, we race a lot and are on the road a whole lot. But it actually still gives me a chance to have a little bit of life. You know, when I come home, I don't necessarily have to go straight to the shop and watch the race cars and the truck and the trailer and, you know, all the business end of everything like that. Uh, you know, I still take care of a tremendous amount of the parts, ordering and, and you know, keeping things kind of organized and things, you know, taking some of the load off and telling the guys because I have that time now. But it just, uh, that's allowed me to get a whole lot more relaxed. And it took me a little bit of time to get used to not trying to do everything, so to speak, uh, you know, as far as running a team. Uh,
2: you know, you almost need a full-time secretary to run one of these deals anymore. Oh, no doubt. You talk about you having fun in 2009. I could tell that when you guys rolled into Volusia. I came up to you. I said, welcome to Volusia. You said, hey, man, what's going on? You said, come see me later. That's the first time you ever really, uh, you know, we're, we're of course, uh, uh, focused enough to know what's going on. Usually you're just so – mono focused on 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 the racetrack and everything, and that of course is a serious part of being, you know, a professional like you are. But it was really cool. I could really see uh, a lot of the tension had gone away. More relaxed. Yeah, much more relaxed, Steve.
5: Yeah, I, I actually am, and you know, it's just, uh, you know, I say it's a lot of it is just a, a lot of the pressure of of doing all that is is off of me right now, and you know, I've, I hate to say it for but for lack of a better word, you know, that's went to Dale and Kevin and. uh Robbie Allen, Chris Burton, you know, the guys that take yep. care of everything else for me. And uh, it's allowed me to be that much more relaxed. You know, we uh, – Dale gives me, you know, excellent equipment. We, you know, we got the rocket chassis, Coronet motors, you know, uh, dual wheels, Integra shocks, whatever I pretty much ask for. He, you know, tries to make sure I get it one way or the other, whatever it takes for me to have whatever we need to go race with. Um and you know you just you can't beat that. When you get a car owner like that, you know there aren't a lot of car owners out there like that. And uh, when you get one like that, it's really a good feeling.
2: Billy, this guy's had Steve Casebolt, David Johnson, Gary Stuhler, just to name you know three of the the the, the guys he's had in his race cars. And now add Steve Francis to that. And Steve's picked up the ball and uh, uh, has now become the of course the all-time heat race winner. Steve, you are in fact the all-time feature winner with 22 in the world of Outlaws late models. Uh, 78 heat races. I mean, dude, you're just on and on. You got uh, already two wins in 2009 and, uh, you know, already a championship under your belt a couple of years ago. But, man, it's really cool to see how things have developed for you. Steve, obviously the long-term relationship with Valvoline is just as strong as it always been. You were obviously responsible for bringing them on board, the uh, the all-new number 19 as well.
5: Yeah, you know, I've had a, a
2: long-term relationship
5: with Valvoline, and they've been really, really good to me. Um, it has been uh, just a uh, – since 2000, you, know, you couldn't ask for a better company to have dealt with or to have had, had involved you know, on your race team. And, uh, you know, they were originally out of Ashland, so, you know, that made it a little easier, um, you know, when we got to them and got to approach them and everything like that. So, uh, you know, just it's been a really neat thing, uh, Back to that, that – the Dale Biler story that, I actually, not, not a lot of people know, it, but I drove Dale's car in 19, or in 2000, oh, okay. 2001, at the the Big Kahuna at Cumberland, Maryland. Um, he was having a little bit of a problem at the time, and uh, I had just, we were running that a Tampa schedule back then, right. and actually uh, won the, the very first race I ever, the only race I ever drove for Dale, and after the race, we talked a lot, and you know, he had been, you know, had a top-notch regional team forever and ever, and I told him then. I said, uh, "You know, when you get ready to to do that, I'm a professional, you're one of the few people that I would actually been been doing it for."
3: Yeah.
5: And uh, at the end of uh, end of the '07 season, there, uh, the Dirt Track World Championship, he come up and talked to me a little bit, and we talked a little bit there, and we actually stayed there that day and tested a little the day yeah. after. Wow. Um,
2: and by the time we left there, we had our mind made up what we were doing for '08. Man, that is cool. That is absolutely incredible, and, and, and no better guy deserving than you, man. I mean, you've you paid your dues out there, Steve, and now you're finally starting to reap the rewards. Well, you
5: know, there's a lot of people that have paid their dues in this sport. Uh, it's
2: not it's not the easiest
5: thing in the world. I mean, don't get me wrong. I wouldn't trade what I do for anything in the world, but it sure ain't the easiest way in the world to make a living. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, one, I, I know you're busy. Billy, go ahead. If,
1: one, if you could, one race that you want to knock down that you haven't knocked down, which one is it?
5: One race I want to knock down and I haven't. I mean, you about Probably won everything the, there is. <laughs> yeah, what's he not won? <laughs> Probably the dream, because okay. I've led that thing like uh, 75 or 80 laps a year. Eckert won it yeah. and had to cut a tire down leading it. Wow.
2: Um,
5: so, uh, you know, I'd like, to, I'd like to be able to mark that one off the list. Um, Knoxville is another one I would like to win, and the Show Me is another one I would like to win. There
2: First. you go. Steve, uh, once again, I know you're busy, and, uh, you know, we can't thank you enough for joining us, but just a couple of quick uh, little thoughts here. Um, I mean, things are just wonderful in your career, but talk about the state of of late model racing uh, nationally. Obviously, the World of Outlaws has done real well, but, man, they're not the only game in town anymore. Lucas has made so many inroads, uh, and they've got so many big events Talk about the future of of the big series, and and perhaps just your thoughts on you know the state of late model racing. I'm tickled to death that we've got two series. I mean, uh, you know, at first there was a lot of fans that you know,
5: always going to you know, split the fields up and so on and so forth. But Lucas right. has, you know, what Forrest and Richie Lewis and them guys have done is, is the next. thing. I mean, they've added uh, I think like almost a hundred thousand dollars to their points fund this year. Yeah, man. And in these economic times, that's uh, that's something that makes you set up and take notice. You know, I think they're here for the long haul, as are the World of Outlaws. Um, you know, both groups allow they just allow that many more people to make a living race and they try not to you know, at first there was a little scheduling conflicts and things like that with some of the series, but you know, the World of Outlaws and Lucas try to try to work kinda of coincide with each other, try not to jump on top of each other's, you know, marquee events and things like that. I mean, uh they're Lucas not racing on top of the Colossal and uh, the, the firecracker race and World of Outlaws is not on top of the diamond, and uh, you know the North South. So, uh, you know that North South is another one I really like to win, kind of in my home state and that kind of stuff. Uh, right, right. I don't know
2: why I didn't come up with that one right off the bat, but <laughs> <laughs> we'll will let you slip it in. Yeah, but you know the World of Outlaws talking to comparing the two series. I mean, they still have most of the majors, and that's that's pretty good, and that says a lot for that series. And I know how hard they work to keep you guys. Uh, kind of keep things fresh for you, new racetracks, different uh, venues as the years go by. But I think you guys are close to, what, uh, like 55 races with the World of Outlaws this year?
5: I think that's what the schedule said, 53 or 55 races. You know, we already yes. lost one at Deep South, the weather. But, you know, uh, the crowds at, at Deep South, it was the largest crowd they'd ever had there. The crowds at Volusia were good this year. Yep. Uh, the crowd at Texas was the largest crowd they'd ever had there. So, you know, so far we're three for three. Um you know, if that the veteran continues, you know, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully, both the major series can keep packing the grandstands. That's you know, that's how we make our living, and hopefully, that hopefully that continues. You know, we're naturally uh, we're committed to go try to win this World Outlaws Championship again, but we're going to go hit all the Lucas Oil schedule that we can. I think we look I think there's 17 or 18 more of those that we're going to hit on top of the 55 World of Outlaws shows or 53. On top of you know your World One Hundred, your Dream, your Dirt Track World Championship, uh, that PA Speed Week, we're going to go do all of that. So when you add all that together, we're going to be somewhere between ninety and one hundred shows this year.
3: Good Lord!
5: That's
1: what I was trying to figure out if he was racing on April fourth, or maybe there was a chance you
5: might be at Swainsboro. Now where you are. Um, let's see, April. Where that's that Farmer City race uh, the yeah. line, I think. And if something happens with that, there's a chance that we'll come to Swainsboro and Scriven. Oh, that's perfect. Cool. Steve Francis, so that way we can kind of, that's where, one of the one of the good things about where I'm located at is uh, you know I can that's uh, seven hour eight hours to farmer city or seven eight hours to, to
2: Swainsboro and, and Scriven. so uh, you know we can kind of sit there in the middle of that one for a while right no doubt Steve it's really been a pleasure having you on dirt world we're gonna add you to the the, uh, the the list of just incredible uh, champions and talent we've had on this program uh, we cannot wait to see you again hopefully we'll be able to uh, Catch you guys maybe at the Vault World Finals, or uh, we'll have to wait till next February when you make your trip back to the Sunshine State. Steve, thank you so much, man.
5: I appreciate it. Maybe if we, if we don't get to talk to each other before then, maybe we can do something for the for the uh, Volusia County next year. Oh, yeah, man, man.
2: I, I hope so, my man. Steve Francis, thank you, sir. Be careful. We'll see good, you later. Good luck this weekend. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thank All right. you. The Colonel, what can you say, man? This guy's a champion. This guy's got it going, and, and he's more focused than I've ever seen him before. Well, you see, this is one of them things that we talk about over and
1: over, me and you, with the series. You can go to wherever you want to race, and there's no problem whatsoever. But it seems like with the local series, if you go run one, then you're a the jackass because you're, you're right here. And, and the thing about it is, is there's no
2: schedule conflict. That's it. It does. It does. That doesn't transfer from the professional ranks. And this is. I mean, let's face it. They're professionals. Lucas in the World of Outlaws. There's really no conflict. We talk about the majors. We talk about them not stepping on each other's toes. Steve doesn't he, try to go run the NLMS and then the United Dirt Late Challenge Series. See what happens. Well, you can run them both this year. That's one of the things that we
1: worked on this year. With but will they? Uh, I think you'll have two or three that will. I think you'll have some well, that will. will. Sure. Jason Fitzgerald Widener, will. Whitner's not running the National 8 Mall Series. But you'll see it happen. I mean, you'll see, guys, we have one race later in the year where we run at Screven. They run at Benny. I talked to Ray Miller, tried to get him to change his race. He wouldn't do it. We couldn't change the United Dirt lane Mall Challenge race because it's a Friday night at Oglethorpe, Saturday night at Screven. His was a Saturday night at Benny. He wouldn't change it. So that's the only race that we're still on top of. As a matter of fact, our schedule doesn't even conflict with Brunswick.
3: Wow. You could
1: run... You could run for the national you could run for the, the National Late Mall Sportsman Series Championship, you can run for your Early mall challenge and championship and the golden and Isle the championship. and the golden Isle championship. Golden Isle is gonna pay ten thousand. Uh I'm sure that we're gonna pay twenty two to twenty five thousand. Ray Ray's got ten solid. Yeah, so you look at it, that's what I'm saying there's a late mall driver locally that could knock down enough yeah. enough to make money. That's absolutely right. So
2: And that is so doable. Yeah, it, it those is those three championships but, if you commit yourself to but it. But the
1: problem is you got some drivers that don't want to do it but just like Steve Francis said. With the economy the way it is, why not take in every race you can? He's going to run 17 extra Lucas races on on top top of the 53. So just like he said, there's a chance he's going to run 100 races. I understand one thing. With the super late models, there's a whole lot more of them than there is National late models or, or United dirt late models force limited. limited limited there's a lot more but let me tell you something we proved it last year at the Thompson Moral. you put them two groups together you can still hit the 65 car mark sure
3: you can listen to me and not see a big
1: difference listen to me too what's the difference in every Saturday having 50 cars at both shows it just it, when you're, when you're on top of each other we may get 30 he may get 30 we may get 40 he may get 25 why would you take that chance exactly. why wouldn't you just why wouldn't you be happy with the 50 every week or 45 every week and just go from there? You can have your series, we can have our series, and Brunswick can have one hell of a points championship that's himself. Exactly right, man. Think about it for a second. I mean I, don't know. I
2: know Jackson would be with the him. economy the way it is. If I own the late model, how do you not run every chance you get for the money? No, they want to kick dirt around and they want to cry Jason and say Fitzgerald, I can't do it. I can't Jason do Fitzgerald, do it.
1: Fitzgerald won the opener for, for Ray Miller, that's three thousand. He's won two he's won two shows at Ocala. I
2: mean, at Volusia, Volusia that's, yeah, a, that's a. He's already knocked down five grand. The only late model shows we've run so far in 2009 have been all. He's, he's, he's already knocked down five grand.
1: Mark whitener won our opening show at Ocala last three thousand. He's knocked down a win at. He's knocked down a win at Volusia two. That's another thousand. He's made four thousand already. Imagine if one of these guys goes on and say they win five races apiece, five at five thousand apiece. That ain't saying if one of them wins the ten thousand this Saturday. Five one of the one of they each win five fifteen thousand apiece. That's fifteen thousand apiece they won. Say one of them knocks down the championship. That's another fifteen grand. That's thirty. The other one knocks down the other championship for twenty-two thousand. That's thirty-seven grand. That ain't counting from second on back that they finished. Right. Think about it. There's, 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 it's, I'm telling you right now, the more and more people think about this, the more and more guys may give this a chance,
2: may would, give it a shot. I would hope so. I'll tell you what. On the other side of this break, we're going to talk to Paul Purvis. Of course, uh, just weeks away from hosting his first ever Lucas Oil race. Actually, they had a
1: Lucas Oil race last year. They was second
2: on, ever. I apologize. They, they was, I
1: believe it's the second ever. But Steve Howell, he'll, he'll correct us on it. He'll yes, email he us. He they ran last year. They ran on Friday. They had the Friday show. Screvin had the Saturday, and I yeah. believe this week is vice versa. But yeah. I know Steve and uh, Paul Purvis are both excited about it, and uh, I can't wait to,
2: for this deal to go well, down. Well, I can't either. All you got to do is wait, folks, when we come back on Dirt World with Paul Purvis. Don't forget, Dirt World Show at Yahoo.com. We'll be right back.
5: Your online racing community since 1997. Carnac.com is racing classifieds, racing photos, racing news, lively racing message boards, chat rooms, multimedia, and so much more. And if your race team or racing business needs a website, or your website needs a fire lit under it, look no further than Carnac.com. From affordable web hosting to fancy flash animation, Carnac gets it done.
6: No matter what, get out and see some dirt
2: racing. Get some dirt on your face. Get some dirt on your dog. Yeah, dirt on your dog. Absolutely. With Billy the Kid, my name is Joe Dirt. Dirt World on RealRacingUSA.com. Bud Light presents Real Men of Genius.
3: Real Men of Genius.
2: Today we salute you, Mr. Pro Sports Heckler Guy.
3: Mr. Pro Sports.
2: They say those who can't play coach. Apparently, those who can't coach sit 30 rows back, shirtless, shouting obscenities. Oh, right, mother... Thanks to you, our team is armed with game winning tips like catch the ball and throw it.
3: Shout it out you
2: stink. That sucks. What a bunch of losers. Not just catcalls, but subtle psychological ploys to prod your team to victory.
3: Reverse psychology.
2: So here's to you, oh Sultan of shouting, because while there may be no I and team, thanks to you, there's always an F and a
3: U. F-U. But like beer and i Bush, St. Louis, Missouri. Joey.
1: It's time to get back to the action with Joe Dirt, Billy the Kid. This
2: is Dirt World. Okay. Welcome back to Dirt World right here on RealRacingUSA.com with my good friend, Billy the Kid. I am Joe Dirt. And the program so far has been just wonderful. We've already talked, of course, to Steve Francis out of Ashland, Kentucky, on his way to the Colossal 100 and uh, rain-soaked streets over there in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Nonetheless, good insight from Steve, Billy. It was really a pleasure having the Colonel Uh, Long-time champion on the phone with us tonight. But right now, special guest from the Deep South, of course. Uh, Billy, I'm going to let you do the honors, my friend. On the phone with us right now, the uh, owner of Swainsboro Raceway, Mr. Paul
1: Purvis. Paul Purvis, how you doing, buddy?
0: Uh, Doing great. Uh, Doing great. Looking forward to next weekend.
1: Yeah, That's what we got you on the phone for, is to talk about next weekend. Next weekend, you'll have your second, actually April 4th, you'll have your second annual Lucas Oil Race. Last year was a big hit for you guys, talking to Steve how some of the things that went on there. I mean, what do you, what, what can the people expect to see there next week?
0: I tell you, you'll see the best of the best here next week. Uh, last year uh, we did it on Thursday and had rain all day, and it didn't stop the fans. They poured in, and uh, the rain that, that we didn't give up on the raceway, and uh, had a great track and a super race, and uh, looking forward to it. Just can't wait the next weekend.
1: Had a great field of cars too for the for the for the race last year. Even even with it being a Thursday night, I know you had a, one of the biggest crowds that you've had there in a long time, or one of the biggest crowds that you've had. And I know the car count was real good. I was talking to Steve Hall about it. That's that's one of the shows I couldn't make, but I did make the uh, Saturday deal for that three day deal you guys had going on. But last year's winner was um, I forget who it was, but I, I
0: heard he was, Terry he Casey. Terry Case Casey.
1: Yeah. Terry Casey won the race, but wasn't there, it was a it was a battle between him and I can't well catch me on that for second place i thought they battled for all the way up to like 10 to go and it was a great a great race is
0: what i was told it was it was a wild night there were three and four wide all night and uh terry uh he finally got his stuff dialed in and uh he, he was hard to handle at the end but he had a couple of great challenges from dan sleeper and uh yeah. uh of course bart hartman started deep in the field and he he found out that him and earl pearson and uh they came back with a hard charge back to the front and uh just fell short of time, and uh, Terry, he loved it and uh, told us, told me after the race that we had a super race track, and he loved it and looked forward to coming back, and we look forward to having Casey and all the guys back uh, next weekend. Uh, looking at some of the websites, like we're going to have a, a real yeah. class of the field here next weekend. So, uh.
1: Speaking of the class of the field, talk about Swainsboro. I know for the people, that most of the people that are listening are from the state of Florida here and probably some from South Georgia, but... Tell us about the facility a little bit, how big the track is, how long you've been there.
0: We've had the track for eight years, and, uh, last year we we had so much updates to do before we could actually do the track, but last year we finally, uh, it was a full half-mile track, and we cut it down to a three-eighths-mile track and put 450 loads of new clay on it, and, uh, it just made the difference of night and day in our race. And we got, we can actually have double-file restarts, and, uh, I mean that that's what really makes the racing to me. I I don't like single file racing, and we've been working. We've worked on the track three or four different times, but things like this time we really hit on something. We uh, looked at a lot of different race tracks and uh, attended a lot of different big shows, trying to learn different ways to prepare the track and make it better. And you know, we I don't think anybody ever conquers it. I think it's something that you just got to stay after, and
2: oh, yeah. uh, you
0: listen to your drivers. You know, and they'll give you a lot of good input about, you know, different ways to prep the track. And, uh, you know, like I say, we've come a long ways. we got a facility. We can have three-wide racing all night. We don't have to worry about dust in your eyes. And uh, we're pretty fortunate with this old Georgia Red Clay. It
2: holds more good. I was just going to yeah. say that. Don't get too spoiled with that while we're digging this crap <laughs> out of the swamps down here. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: we you know, it, it takes a lot of work. In fact, you, you won't believe it, but right now I'm sitting on a track that's it's, it's raining up here, and I'm taking advantage of that. I'm out on the Speedway right now with a track and a harrow, uh, breaking it up to get some of this. Uh, wow. There's no substitute for, for rain. I mean, you know, you can put all the well water you want to on a raceway, but uh, a little bit of uh, rain water is twice as good as uh, well water, and uh, that's what we're doing tonight. We're uh, actually uh, breaking the track up from this past weekend, and
1: uh, so you race every Saturday, correct?
0: Yes, sir. We we run every Saturday, but the last Saturday of the month, we take that weekend off to give us and our racers a break. And uh, but we pretty much race from uh, March all the way to pretty much to the end of November. Uh, wow. So we we get to race a long time, and it gives everybody a little break. Plus, uh, you know, all of our uh, employees at the Speedway get to plan to do something uh, different or not. night. Usually, I end up at a different racetrack. Uh right. You know, just just to learn different ways of you know, running things. We we learn some good stuff by what other people do, and, uh, you know, like I said, if you'll listen to your, to your racers, most of these guys, especially these super late-model guys that race all over the country, they've pretty much seen it all, and uh, they've really been a good help, a lot of help to me as far as preparing my racetrack and telling me tricks in the trade, and I listen to them, and then I, I'm a, I don't know, I kind of like to experiment a lot myself, too, and uh we build all kind of different stuff to uh to service our track and uh it's just a good challenge for me and I love doing it.
2: Paul, speaking of your employees, you still got a uh kid up there named Sean Wombles announcing for you.
0: Yes, sir, we got one of the finest announcers in the in the country anywhere and uh he's uh he's a good guy. He helps me uh, co promote and uh and he's
1: Sean our Womble. announcer. Yeah, Sean, Womble.
2: Sean Wombles Sean
1: Wobbles is your announcer.
2: Yeah, Yeah, funny. Sean Wombles. Hey, sure is. when you see Sean tomorrow or whenever you see him, tell him that Joe Linebarrier said he's going to bring him one of them famous corn dogs, and he'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I sure do. it. I loved working next, next to that man. It was just a, what a treat. Every time he would come to Volusia, buddy, it was just a, you knew you were going to have a good night working with uh, Sean Wombles, no doubt.
0: Well, y'all guys have got an uh, a invitation to come. Y'all make it next Saturday if you can. Uh,
2: Listen to me. Now, Billy is definitely going to be there. I'm locked into the Volusia Speedway, but i got a few people in my pocket I could maybe have fill in for me, Mr. Purvis. So don't be surprised you you. if I do show
0: up. We're, we'll show treat you right in Georgia, uh, just as y'all know. did us when we came to Florida. We appreciate y'all's hospitality, and uh, you know we'd, we'd love to return the favor to y'all.
2: Mr. Purvis, you guys, uh, Billy was talking about the facility and, and, and asking some questions, but Swainsboro, I mean, you've had it for eight years. You guys, I mean, realistically, you're flying under the radar up there. You put on a hell of a show, obviously, every week, now hosting your second annual Lucas Oil Race, uh, uh, one of the biggest late model series in the country. And, of course, uh, you know, you guys, you're doing the right thing, but what is, you talked about the fact that you go to different racetracks. What's your relationship with Scraven and Red over there? Because, of course, Lucas turns around and they go right there. So obviously this is kinda of like a little bit of a, a two track alliance, uh, that enables Lucas to come to both of these tracks. And I guess
0: Red, uh, Red, Red and I are close friends and uh you know, we, we talk all the time on the phone and uh you know, Red's got a great facility over there and uh you know, he he's a great guy too. If you ever meet him you'll know what I'm talking about. I mean if you ever meet Red you won't forget him, uh but great he time, he's
3: man. He, he
0: is he's a great guy he's down to earth what you see is what you get and uh a lot like me you know we we love it i mean we got in our blood i was a racer for 25 years before i ended up with the speedway and uh once it gets in your blood and to do what we do you got to love it i mean you know it's it's, it's a seven day a week uh job you know but it's 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 like a kid you know playing you know we we doing what we love to do and uh I wish everybody could do what we do and enjoy it like we do it. Uh, I wish everybody could enjoy their job like we do.
2: So you guys are kind of co-promoting this event. I mean, you work together. Obviously, you said you're close friends, but, you know, you're, you're enabling your announcer, Sean, to say, hey, look, folks, don't forget, go to Screvin' and you'll see these guys again. I mean, that's oh, yeah. What about. Well, this year, this year, how's it working? You got Saturday, correct?
0: That's right. And Red's on Friday. Red's actually before me Oh, okay, week. okay. So okay. it's okay. swapped around.
1: Last year, you yeah. were Thursday, and then yeah. – uh, scrubbing was Saturday.
0: Where'd they go Friday last year? Uh, last year it was me on Thursday and scrubbing on Friday. And they went to uh golden isle speedway down oh, wow. in Georgia. Wow. Got go- that it that- got rained out at golden isle on
1: Saturday. Oh, okay. That's right. And they had
0: to go to Sunday afternoon.
2: Uh,
0: yeah. Wow. I tell you, I, I really enjoy working with Richie Lewis. These, has uh, got a professional, uh, run series. And, uh, of course, Lucas oil is probably one of the greatest sponsors in, in, in the dirt lake model sport. And, uh, I tell you, I, I'm, I really look forward to getting those guys over here that, like I say, they're professional. Uh, our show always runs smooth and on time, and uh, like I said, it's just a great race, and it's one of the nights that I get to just relax and, and really enjoy it instead of having to work and, and you know, and run the program. Uh, those guys do a great job with the Lucas Oil Series.
1: With Lucas, would you run in a Lucas Oil Series race? I'm sure that you've probably been in contact with the World of Outlaws about maybe having a show and, I know we've contacted you or we've been in contact with you from the United Early Mile Challenge Series and I we're looking forward to maybe putting up a show there next year but you know talk about that a little bit some of the different people that I mean this this Lucas deal with them coming in there people have to see it the other series is around have to see that
0: hey if they can go, if Lucas Oil can go there we can go there yeah absolutely and you know uh this this part of the of the country is you know is kind of new to super late miles not new but it's kind of faded out in this area over the – over the last probably fifteen or twenty years, when you get uh, to the South Carolina line, the late models just don't come that much, far, uh, you know, further down the super late models. And if they do at special shows like ours, and that's what we're trying to do is introduce this to to our our clientele, our fans, and uh, and I tell you, it's, it's it's one of the most requested uh, shows to return is they want to see the super late models. We have Sprint cars and we have limited late models and, of course, great late models. But uh, this this Lucas Oil deal, is, I mean, when it's coming to town, everybody's talking about it and everybody's fired up and can't wait for it to get there. And, and you know, down the line as we as we build to where we can, you know, uh, have a couple of those shows a year, then certainly we're going to look at the World Outlaws and, and other series. And, and like I said, we've talked. Surely we're going to have a show, if not this year, next year with you guys and, uh, you know, it's just it, it, that's another good part of, of what we do. We get to meet a lot of nice people, and uh, and and all racers pretty much, you know, are like family when you get them together. And I just, you know, I enjoy it. I hate to see them leave when they go. Okay, right. I'm gonna put you on the spot. What's your favorite racetrack? <laughs> uh, well, uh, other than mine, uh, I would probably <laughs> say. Uh, I don't know. I mean, there are several good racetracks. Uh, And, of course, Red uh, Scriven has probably got one of the nicest, uh, neatest little uh, racetracks. I mean, I'd say little Red's continuously making his bigger, and I've been trying to make mine smaller. I said, Red, you need to stop. You're going the wrong way, you know. But everybody's got their own ideas and all everything red does he makes his little racetrack more racing that is a
1: nice facility he has it is
0: uh i favor red but like i said we got savannah right here is a real nice facility about 100 miles away uh i love volusia uh i i i I love all racetracks i find something unique about each one that i visit and uh i usually get several good ideas at, at each track that we go to last year i went to the colossal and uh i went up two days early and i stood out by the fence for two days watching them prep the track and uh the last day that i was there i saw somebody on the speedway and i told steve it was steve and i, I said steve i, I believe that Humpty wheeler out there talking to the guys and so it, it it sure enough it was and uh when humpy come off the track we walked over and started talking to him and i told him we had a speedway in south georgia and uh he asked me how long i had it and I told him for eight years he said and I told him I was up there trying to learn about track prep. He said, Well we might can we might can learn something from you about track prep
2: and uh Wow. Man, we
0: just we just hit it off, you know, and started back and forth about what we were doing, you know, at the speedways and stuff and Humphre Wheeler he's I mean, he's just a super nice guy. Uh, you know, I know Lowe's motor speedway misses him and uh, uh I wish he'd like to come down to South Georgia and help promote one in Swain for that would really be neat. Or some of the other dirt track. Before we
1: let you go back to cutting up the racetrack and so the moisture can get in it, this is a free commercial for somebody. What type of tractor is that you ride? riding? There you go. It's
0: it's a John Deere, and uh, we are very fortunate for Blanchard Equipment here in Swainsburg. to furnished us tractors to prep our track, and, uh, of course, they're one of our sponsors. And, uh, you know, uh, it's hard to get, get good sponsors these days the way the economy is, but, you know, you can always count on John Deere.
1: Well, there you I, go. I tell you what, Mister Perwis, we're gonna let you get back to work, but I tell you what you do tomorrow. The first time you see Steve Howe, put your foot in his butt for him and tell him we said get get to work. And we appreciate you being on with us tonight, and we'll try to see you next weekend, man.
0: Ah, right, my buddy, appreciate y'all. Thanks, Thank you. Well,
1: we're
2: on the racetrack right now. It's dark. It's raining in Georgia. This guy's got He's a. Uh, this guy's got a. Uh,
1: a thing about him with racing and racetracks and. You know what, Joe, sometimes I find myself being the same way. Even when the races are over, I'll walk around the track, or before the races start, I'll just like walking around, and whether it be pick up debris or check out the facility, you know, you look and see what's going where to, where it might look like it might rut up tonight or where it might make a hole, and you, you look at stuff and you learn, you know, walking and learning. You walk uh, 10 foot, and, and two steps might be soft in, the, soft in spots, and you know that's where trouble could be. And, Looking at the tires in the infield and seeing if they're too far out on the track, stuff like that. But you know, he's right. You got guys that work at racetracks or own racetracks and they work for them, but they love they love what they do. Um, You know, and and, I mean, I think that's that's what it takes. And and Paul Purvis is is, is eight years he's been there and he's made the track smaller. He wants to make it a place he wants to make it a place where you can go and enjoy yourself. And you know, we've been friends with the house for a long time, Steve. Steve and Marlon, and, and and to have Steve with him, and as Absolutely. Well, we don't know what you know for sure, but every time we see Paul off at another racetrack, usually Steve's with him. But uh, that's a great group of people,
2: right there. Yes, it is, and I'm happy for him. Me too. And I'll tell you what, we have an open invitation. We want to thank Steve Howell checking in on the email tonight, the only one so far checking in on the email. but uh, Steve Howell's a continuing. Just like he, Mr. Perma said, we got an open invitation to take care of us.
1: We have a lot of great listeners, but I know Steve Howell, he listens regardless what you're talking about. He emails us, and he'll even call when it's over and say how great the show is. But, you know, this Lucas Oil deal, I know this weekend's a big weekend for us, at Brunswick, and I'm not trying to help promote the, the Swainsboro deal, but we are. Uh, if you're not doing anything in two weeks and you want to go see the supers, this will be the this might be the closest they get to you till later in the season. That's it's, right. It's about five hours away. You can go see. And I know for sure. I read today that like Moyer, Bloomer, and Owens may be running for that championship as well. So this could be a chance to go to Swainsboro Speedway or Spring, Swainsboro Raceway and see those three guys. Hey man, it's worth it to go five hours to see Billy Moyer, Scott Bloomers, and Jimmy Owens, and probably see Smoky Man there. We don't know. You, you don't know who's going to show up, but. I'm sure they'll, like Mr. Purvis said, they'll have the best of the
2: best. That's right. Well, you want to get the Tallahassee Terror? Or you want Let's to wrap have this Tallahassee
3: up for Tower,
1: uh, Tallahassee Terror on with us right now, and then we'll, co- you know, after we do that, we'll close it up for the night. We all got right. to start a little bit
2: late. And, uh, Still to come from Tallahassee, Florida, the young man that uh, can tell us all about Golden Hour Speedway, winning the championship back in 2008. The Terror from Tallahassee, Tyler Ivy. We'll-
1: Time to get back to the action with
2: Joe
0: Dirt, Billy the Kid. This is Dirt World.
2: Welcome back to Dirt World on RealRacingUSA.com with my good friend, Billy the Kid. I am Joe Dirt. Welcome to our Wednesday, March 25th, Dirt Generated Motorsports Talk Show. It's been a great show thus far. Steve Francis, of course, Paul Purvis from Swainsboro Speedway talking about the Lucas Oil event. Uh, that's coming up on April 4th. But right now, a young man that has certainly uh, served notice throughout the great state of Florida, and, of course, uh, a young man that can definitely defend the championship of the gold Niles this upcoming weekend with us from Tallahassee, Florida. We like to call him the Tallahassee Terror. Ladies and gentlemen, he drives the Crowder Motorsports number 47, Tyler Ivey. Tyler, thanks for being on Dirt World, buddy.
4: Hey, thank you for uh, having me on the show.
2: Tyler, I know Billy's got a lot of stuff to talk about, but first of all, my own selfish little uh, uh, thoughts here. Dude, you have just burned them up at Volusia. During the Dirt Car Nationals, uh, I was able to interview you a couple of times after heat races, and you were so focused. Uh, You made more of the shows than you didn't make. I mean, and and like I said one night, you certainly have shown uh, everybody that you deserved to be amongst the best late model drivers in the country, and and you did that during these Dirt Car Nationals, and what an impressive uh, run that was.
4: Well, thank you very much. Um, It was a... No, it's definitely a welcome surprise to run that good and um I sort of knew going into it. I was gonna surprise a lot of people but I had no idea that I'd, you know, be able to win a heat race and, you know, make the majority of the shows down there.
2: Yeah, and and then of course, uh here we've opened up two thousand and nine out there, raced with us a couple of times and again, uh the cars just seems to be absolutely flawless. Things are going your way. and now you guys are heading up to of course uh Brunswick for the United Dirt Late Model Challenge series and you guys gotta go to the notes on that. You should be pretty good
4: up there as well. Yeah, you know, um Volusia I'm normally, you know, not as good at, but uh we've been working on a lot of stuff and we've been getting better there. And uh Brunswick, um, I'm definitely looking forward to going there. That's pretty much my home track. I race there every chance I get and every time they run I'm normally there, so uh I'm definitely going in, you know, with my head my head held high, ready to take home ten thousand dollars. You
1: know, what uh, we refused to, to, to mention was you did make the trip to Deep South Alabama, and you did make the World of Outlaws show that Friday night. Oh, that's right. When the United Dirtling Mall Challenge Series goes there next month, you'll have an advantage on everybody because you've already been there. Plus, you already got one feature race underneath your belt there. Talk about that experience of their Deep South. What's the racetrack like?
4: Um, You know, it's a, it's a very cool track. Um, The setup of it is very unique. You know, it's pretty much you're standing up on top of the hill, and the racetrack sort of down in a hole, and you can just, you can see everything great, Um, you know, I don't know if they've ever had that many fans at the World Outlaws, because they were just, I mean, it was packed house, you know, they bring their lawn chairs, and they sit out, they get, you know, three hours before the race, and they just have a really good time.
1: You know, we were talking about that before, and then we talked about it with Francis a little bit, he said that's the biggest crowd they've ever had there, so, I think that's a a neat concept for them, and maybe uh, maybe wherever the fans came from for that deal, maybe they will uh, come out for the United Dirtley Mall Challenge Series race. or two races we have there in a couple months. But, you know, Tyler, they call you the Tallahassee Terror. I tell you what, you've got to have – never mind. I was going to say one – never mind. But you have a gator on the front of your car, and you live in Tallahassee.
4: Yeah, well, I mean, it, it doesn't have anything to do with what team I go for or anything like that. It goes back to uh, my grandfather. Whenever he was racing, he would go to the Midwest and race off-road trucks, and uh, he was the only person from Florida there. So, you know, all the Yankees, they figure the only thing that's in Florida is, you know, alligators and stuff. They started calling him the Alligator Man.
3: Oh,
1: okay. And,
4: uh, it just sort of stuck with him.
1: So are you a Gator fan or no?
4: No, I'm not.
2: Okay. You're not a Gator fan, but you got a Gator on your
1: car.
4: Yeah.
2: Hey, Tyler, if that's the case, I got a big old orange T I want to put on there for the weekend. Oh! <laughs>
4: you know, be, uh, if you want to do that, that will be just fine with me. You hear that, man? I, I you, on, you
2: hear that? I
1: noticed on the new car. And you don't, that, Jack. We need to keep that bike. You don't have the Gator on the new car. You just got a Gator eye and like a Gator half head or something. So it, I guess that's kind of changing around a little
2: bit.
4: Yeah, and, uh, you know, I think the little kids. They definitely like seeing the alligator when they walk around in the pits and stuff.
2: Yeah. Tyler, I'll tell you what, man, it's just been an amazing career here. You've got some choices, uh, you know, real soon to make. I mean, obviously you've done very well with the super late model, like Billy talked about up at Deep South, certainly Volusia uh, serving notice there. But, I mean, what's next, man? I mean, can we see Tyler Ivey perhaps in the full-time super uh, as early as next season, or what are you guys kicking around?
4: Um pretty much I just uh we're waiting for you know everything to you know business to pick back up around home and um then we'll talk about you know traveling a little bit more but um you know there's right now there's a lot of big money races, just you know less than you know five hours away from the house that I can go to, and uh they you know quite a few super races in you know georgia Alabama area that I can make, but uh definitely next year I wanna you know. I really like the World Outlaws. It's cool running with them. Yeah. Um, I really wish I could do one of those traveling so your, series
1: like that. Give me your schedule the next two weeks.
4: Um. Pretty much this weekend I'm going to Brunswick, of course, and then the next weekend I'm going to run uh, Swainsboro and Screven with uh, Lucas.
2: Nice. Nice. Tyler, you talked about you're waiting for business to pick up. So essentially you're saying you need a hurricane for Crowder disaster recovery to uh, uh, respond, right?
4: <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that would be nice. You know, <laughs> Category Four. You know, as long as yeah. there's just some, uh, you know, damage and everything like that.
2: But don't want anybody to get hurt. Just blow their house down, right? <laughs> yeah,
4: you know, not too bad. <laughs>
2: arriving, man. Hey, what a pleasure to talk I, to you. Have
1: over. you, uh, have you made a decision? Are you going to points race for anything? I know you are definitely points race for Golden Isles, but. Is there any possibility that you may try to points race for any of the two series, especially united early Mall Challenge Series, or no?
4: Um, pretty much, uh, you know, I got the first, I think, you know, there's about four or five events that I'm going to go to for the United. And then, um, you know, I'll just see where I end up there. Um, I mean, I know I'll be, and I, I have a chance at winning it. So, uh, you know, we'll just see how it goes, you know, quarter way through the season.
1: Well, I've been excited all week, and uh, I haven't let the cat out the bag until now, but I will. Uh, as you know, by looking at the pictures, you got some die-cast cars coming. I'll have them for you this weekend. And I've had a lot of people that have asked me over the past year or so, when are you going to do that car? When are you going to do that car? So now you're going to have them done, Tyler Ivey, and you'll be able to do what you want to do with them. And who knows? Hell, maybe you might sell enough off the back of your truck to continue to race. I, but I doubt it, but we'll see what happens.
4: Yeah, I'm uh, definitely looking forward to checking out the diecast. Um, you know, you worked on a couple different schemes for me, and uh, ready to see them, ready to pass them around. I'm sure, we'll get more orders in.
0: Oh yeah, it looks
1: really good. And uh, you know, Tyler, this weekend, Brunswick, like Joe said, you are the defending champion of Brunswick uh, for the late model series, and uh, you got to be one of the all his own favorite this week. What would it mean to knock this down Saturday night and take that ten thousand dollars back to Tallahassee?
4: It uh, definitely, you know would mean everything to me. Um, You know, I haven't been able to win a 10,000-win race. And uh, it was, uh, you know, it would definitely, you know, get my granddad. He's the car owner. It would make him happy. And uh, I just, it would mean everything to me.
1: One race this year on your schedule, if you had a choice that you could knock down and win, which one would it be?
4: Um, Well, I got the, uh, I'm going to Eldora for the dream this year. So, you know, that would be a hard one not to. That's, that's,
2: same, that's you're in trouble because that's the same one Steve Francis said earlier. So. <laughs> Which one was it? My mic fell off. The Dream. Okay, thank
1: he's you. He's going to the Dream. He said he's going. Tyler Alvey's going to the Dream, and uh, sure. I tell you what, Tyler Alvey, from uh, from me and Joe both here at Dirt World, we we want to say we appreciate you being on here with us tonight, and we want to wish you the best of luck for sure. I'll see you Saturday, and uh, we want to wish you the best of luck this weekend as well as when you go to the Dream, my friend. Good luck.
4: Uh, well, I appreciate it, and thanks for having me on. Thanks,
2: thanks Tyler. man. I tell you what, let's do one more. He's sitting in his hauler. It's raining. They ain't doing nothing. Probably playing Yahtzee. Let's get Rick Eslinger. Are we going? Are we working?
1: To get back to the action with Joe Dirt, Billy the Kid. This is Dirt World. Yes,
2: indeed. As we wrap up our Wednesday, March 25th program here on RealRatesInUSA.com. Now I'm on. Welcome back to Dirt World on RealRatesInUSA.com. A great program thus far. We've talked to Steve Francis, of course, got some thoughts on his 2009 season. (laughs) Mr. Paul Purvis from Swainsboro Motor Speedway up in Georgia, just uh, days away from hosting his second annual Lucas Oil Late Model Series event. Talk to young Tyler Ivey out of Tallahassee, Florida. He tries to defend the late model championship at Golden Isle Speedway this weekend for the United Dirt Late Model Challenge Series with Billy the Kid. I'm Joe Dirt, and as promised, the man, My favorite announcer. Yes, indeed. There's no doubt about it. He's sitting up in the hauler. It's pouring down rain in Charlotte, North Carolina. And we have got him on the line, Mr. Rick Escherman, the voice. And much more of the World of Outlaws Late Models. What's up, Biggie? Hey,
6: Joe, Billy. What's going on tonight, man?
4: What's up, man? It isn't
6: in the rain, but uh, one way or the other, I think we're going to race here this weekend. It just may take a day or two to get it all underway.
2: That's, That's what Francis was saying. He's talking about uh, he's willing to wait till Sunday. You guys are, too, it looks like.
6: Absolutely. They want to get this Circle K Colossal 100 in. And let's face it, guys, 50000 to win, plus a 30-lap non-qualifier race paying two grand to win. With 36 cars starting the Colossal and 28 starting the 30-lapper, that means 64 drivers get a shot at feature racing here. So, you know, these guys got a, all got a shot at getting some kind of money here this weekend.
3: Yeah,
1: the Colossal is always a big race at Charlotte. Uh, it's one of the biggest ones, 50,000 to win. So car count is not something you guys would be, uh, would be down on. But I will tell you, who do you think the odds-on favorite is right this minute? Wow! Thanks,
6: Billy. I really appreciate that one, buddy. <laughs> um,
1: I, I thought you were on the, oh, yeah.
6: <laughs> the track is hammered down. You got to think, Shannon Bath. I mean, the track was lightning fast last weekend in Houston, Texas, and that was his type of surface. And this is kind of to his liking too. But you know, you got them Team Zero cars. There's about ten of them now. Bloomquist chassis is going to be here. You can pick any one of those guys. Steve Francis, defending champion of this race. Darryl Lanigan, our defending series champion. You got Earl Pearson's gonna be here and Moyer. I mean, you pick one. Any one of them ten or twelve I just named, have a very good shot, much less all the other guys that are gonna be here.
2: Say you want pick it right here. Hold me to it. Dash. Okay, come on with it. I I know
6: who you're going with. I'm gonna tell you before you even tell me. You're gonna say Randall Chubb.
2: No. He, he took Dan he Dan took Sleeper. Dan Sleeper.
6: Oh, you're going with the Wisconsin Wild Man, not a bad choice.
2: You know, I mean he was so So relaxed during speed weeks. I mean, his whole booyah campaign he's got going, he looked just as goofy as ever. But Sleeper, he would truly a dark horse in Charlotte, but he could pull that out.
6: Yeah, man, he's been fast, Joe. You saw him down in Volusia. He looked like the Sleeper of old. He's got that wild chassis that he kind of conjured up there, and it seems to be working for him. He looks like a a lot happier driver these days, and that's that's a pretty good call. How about you, Billy? What you got in your bag, dog? I was going to go last. I was going to let you go second. Well... If you're gonna make me go second, I got to say I got to stick with the defending colossal champion Steve Francis. He had a very, very hard crash in Houston, and I think he's looking to rebound
2: in a brand new Rockets Artificial, uh, yeah, he just left West Virginia with a brand new car. He told Billy tonight on Dirt World said the car's usually a lot better when they leave and clip it. So uh, I gotta agree with you on that a little bit. All right, Bill. Yeah, Josh Richards is uh, he guys. I ain't never seen him this fast.
6: I mean, he is just hammer down, guys. And if he can just keep control of it for 100 laps, he's going to be a factor. And here's the exciting part, Joe. You're going to get a kick out of this. Come on. Uh, to be knowledge, it's been a while, but Kelly Bowen out of Henderson, Colorado, is already in North Carolina.
1: He wow. ran good. He ran good at Dirk car nationals. Kelly Bowen
2: had a huge of car nationals. Yes, he did. No doubt about it.
6: He's going to be exciting. They say Terry Casey's on the list to come down here, too. I mean, we're going to have a wild time. There ain't no doubt about it.
2: Rick, back up a little bit. You talked about Shannon Babb and the performance at, uh, at, uh, uh, in Texas. He's already proven himself for Shelter Motorsports. There's no doubt. They've put great equipment underneath him, and Babb looks like he's just picking up right where he left off with Moyer.
6: And, you know, the funny thing is, too, Joe, let's face it, Babs always been a Rayburn chassis driver. When he went yeah. to drive for Clint Boyer, they were Rockets, and he had to get used to them. It took him a year with us. But now he's comfortable in that thing, and I'm telling you, that was a Rayburn track, Joe. It's just like Farmer City, Illinois, as far as the dirt goes. I mean, it's the exact same type of surface. And he put that Rocket out there on the high side, Joe, for 100 laps and just ate around that place. He's comfortable.
1: All right, Billy. I, I was guys, believe nice. it or not, when he says Steve Francis, I was going to say Josh Richards, and that was the next thing out of his mouth. That's why I was laughing about the whole. Situation. You there? Okay. I think Josh Richards has been on a great run this year, and I think when you start putting the fifty grand in front of him, and and, and I think actually Rick hit the nail on the head when he said that Francis runs good there. Francis just came from Shenston, West Virginia. You know, you know something had to be traded up. Hey, Billy. Notes and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Go ahead. I got you back. Did you? Did you? Did I lose you or what?
6: Yeah, I had a real loud beat there. Go ahead, man. didn't mean to steal your thunder.
1: No, it's all right. We're done now. Oh, that's cool. I, I, so I, did you hear what I said? I, I was going to say Josh Richards, and that was the next thing out of your mouth. You talked about how quick he'd been all year. When you said Josh Richards, I started laughing here, and Joe looked at me like I was crazy. But that was my pick to win the win the Cosswell this weekend was Josh Richards.
6: But let me tell you guys something. He hasn't signed up yet. It's not official, and it's never official until the paperwork's done. But Jordan Bland out of Campbellsville, Kentucky,
3: yeah.
6: is – Considering the rookie of the year, and it's down to crunch time. He needs to commit. So he's sitting twelfth in the points right now, guys. He's made every outlaw feature but one, and he's had some pretty good shows. He had a twelfth in Texas. So, the, the kid has turned it around, since he got in the Bloomquist chat. He had a
2: pretty good dirt car. Yes, he did. Yes. He did. Rick, at what point? when's the cutoff? I mean, when? When does he got to make this choice? I mean, it's got this weekend.
6: Like, okay. this weekend, Joe. Commit or
2: don't. Five races, and that's
6: it. And this will be race number five. So. Here we go! It's time to step up, put up, or shut up—one of the three.
2: Gotcha, gotcha. Now we're looking for
6: a—we're looking for a good one, Joe. I mean, a month of money. Last uh, two weeks ago, a seven and twelve thousand to win. Last weekend, twenty thousand to win. This weekend, fifty thousand to win. Next weekend, twenty thousand to win. Two shows at ten thousand to win in the middle of April, and then the first of May, another twenty thousand to win. So these guys got a lot of money on the line coming up.
2: And they really do. And you know, we talked to Steve Francis, and uh, you know, Steve said he's probably going to try to hit what was it, 18? 17. 17, 18 of these Lucas shows on top of the fifty-three for the World of Outlaws. I mean, yeah, he's a professional driver, but dude, there's an opportunity for big, big dollars here. And we're trying to to, to, to reiterate the fact that it could transfer into the local late model series that we see here in the South. Uh, most importantly, the National Late Model Series, United Dirt Late Model Channel Series. These guys have an opportunity to race both of these series, also the championship at Brunswick, and go home with almost $50,000. So I think everybody needs to start thinking about that.
6: Well, the cool thing is, too, for the drivers that the series, all the ones mentioned, you know, they're trying to work to where we don't race on top of each other as much as possible, and it gives the guys from any series an opportunity to run with any other series Maybe to get a taste of it, yes, yeah, but sure, to make extra money when they're not racing their particular series. And a lot of them are trying to at least coexist, you know, try and keep off the big dates. And, you know, that's just the way it works. There's there's only so many Friday and Saturdays in the summer. You guys know that. And they just try to do the best they can to give the fans and the drivers an opportunity to go out and do what they love.
2: Hey, man, are you in the offices of the corporate uh, offices of World Racing Group's parking lot? Uh, no, actually, we
6: are sitting topside pit area off of turn number three at the dirt track at Lowe's right now.
2: Okay, so you did go to the Speedway.
6: Absolutely, and they've had it. they had it sealed probably for a couple days now. So the rain that we do get, you know, it's going to sink in a little bit, but she's sealed, so it's not going to be a mess.
2: Dude, Have you seen Rick Flair walking around here at all?
6: No, man, the nature boy has not graced our premises. We're hoping he comes here and gives us a big woo!
2: He was in Daytona. Monday night on Trackside, but uh, you go to the archives and play that on RealRacingUSA.com. Rick Esselman, stay dry. And and I know it's hard to move around there when you got Big Chris in the trailer. you got Mama up in the bunk already, I'm sure. But, dude, have a great weekend up there. You hear me?
6: Hey, appreciate that, Joe, Bill. You guys do such a great job on both shows, man. Kudos, hats off to you. And just keep doing what you're doing, man.
2: Thanks, my man. See you later, Biggie. Have a great weekend. See you, we'll see you, dog. All right, man. See you. Rick Esselman, World of Outlaws. He's driving this rig across the country. He's got Big Chris. He's got his uh, his lady Sandy. And let me tell you, those three people, Billy, are the backbone of the World of Outlaws late models. Not Tim Christman, not uh, race director. Brett. Not Brett Emmerich, not these guys. I'm going to tell you right, they show up race day. I know. Rick, Sandy, and Chris do it all, blowing they, up all they, the.
1: They fly in and these three people drive in. Yeah,
2: and they work their butt off. There. I know, I
1: understand. Rick Esselman is one of the best at his job, and he's, great, he's, he's been great for the World of Outlaws series. And like you said, it, it, him and the Sandy and Big Chris are the backbone of that deal. And uh, I mean, I think it's got to be neat to travel around the world, but I, I think a little bit, too. I mean, it would be tough for us to do. We, it's hard
2: enough for me to travel around the southeast here. You're close. <laughs> yeah. You're close, but you want to talk about grueling. Go hop on board that rig with him. I'll just nail that down next year. I know. Year. You, I'm gonna you try probably, probably would, too. You probably would. Hey, hey ring my phone, and be the world of all Lay Bottle Race Director. That'd be
1: good. Huh? This
2: weekend, the United Dirt Lay Bottle Challenge Series makes their annual trip to Golden Isle Speedway, Brunswick, Georgia. That is off I 95. What exit?
1: 29. Exit
2: 29. First oh.
1: annual Georgia State Championship. 10,000 to the winner, 500 to start. Going to be a great show. We go west about Friday 7 Saturday. miles? It's about 10 miles. 10 miles, yeah. you're going to go 10 miles, like, north on 29. When you get off 29, go back underneath right the interstate, like, you're heading north, about 10 miles, 11 miles up on the right. You cannot miss it, I promise you.
2: That's right. Volusia Speedway Park is back in action. Fast lane 5 racing. No late models, giving them a chance to go to Brunswick. However, we've got the Modifieds, the sportsmen, Street Stocks, 4-cylinder Challengers, and, of course, the Thunder Stocks. That's right, all three of them. Folks, we want to thank Steve Francis, Paul Purvis, Tyler Ivey, Rick Escherman, from my good friend Billy the Kid, I'm Joe Dirt. Billy? This Friday night, Ocala Speedway modifies back on hand. Go out and get some dirt on your face. Get some dirt on your dog. For all of us on Dirt World, have a great week at the racetrack. So long, everybody. Good night, everybody.